According to the Global Peace Index of 2023, Japan is the ninth safest country in the world. Nonetheless, after working as an ALT assistant language teacher at two schools in Saitama, I realized that attack threats sent to universities and high schools across Japan are very common. When the bombing threat happened at my high school, I was nothing short of horrified. Since then, I have wondered, why is not the international press talking about this? Is Japan as safe as the entire world believes? Let's remember that last year, on July 8 of 2022, Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister of Japan, was shot and killed. Today, on Portraits of Love in Japan, we're going to talk about bomb threats sent to academic institutions across the land of the rising sun. Welcome to Portraits of Life in Japan. This is your host, Monclou Caroline. For six months, I worked as an ALT at two high schools in Saitama, while Japan ranked among the top 10 places of the safest countries in the world, my home country, Colombia occupies the 140th position due to crime and terrorism. As a Colombian, you can trust me when I say I know what it's like living in a dangerous place. But I have to admit it, receiving a bombing threat at my school was something that I never experienced in Colombia. That's why I was speechless the day I had to evacuate my workplace in Saitama. I'm going to share my personal experience and how the Japanese principal and teachers handled the situation. But just before we do that, I need to tell you and give you a reminder that if you're ready to discover Japan through a new lens, you can subscribe to Portraits of Life in Japan to get noticed when I post a new episode. You can also find this podcast in any podcast app on the planet, including, of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon. Plus, make sure to follow Portraits of Life in Japan on Instagram to keep updated with this podcast. Remember, being true to ourselves is our greatest strength. This is a story of the bombing threat sent to my high school in Saitama. It was January 24th of 2023. Every morning there is a meeting at public schools in Japan between all teachers and the principal to discuss the agenda of the day. My colleague, an ALT from India, gave me a confused look when we noticed that the principal was discussing something with a concerned face among a small group of high-ranked people. Japanese people are very punctual. However, it was 8.30 a.m. and the daily meeting hadn't started yet. The meeting started a couple of minutes later than usual, which in Japan is already a sign that something was off that morning. While the principal spoke solemnly, the Japanese teachers started making noises that expressed how worried they felt. The Japanese teacher in charge of me and my colleague couldn't translate immediately to English what was going on since everyone was quiet, listening to the principal. What's going on? I asked my Indian colleague with my eyes. 
After the principal was done talking, the Japanese teacher in charge of us told us that someone sent a bombing threat to several high schools in Saitama and we needed to evacuate immediately. Someone sent a fax saying that they were going to kill a lot of people that day. Due to protocol, the Japanese teachers had to wait until the 900 students evacuated in order to go back home as well. Nevertheless, as this was my Indian colleague and my first time experiencing this, and we were pretty scared since we couldn't understand the instructions of what was going on in Japanese, the Japanese teacher in charge of us asked us to live with the students, both in our 20s and being new to Japan, felt horrified. We picked up our things and left the teacher's room shaking. We used to discuss with my Indian colleague how our countries were so different from Japan. But in my case, coming from a place where terrorist threats are real, I took it that way. I thought that we were in real danger. I'm not sure how the teachers explained the situation to the students and I am sure they didn't use the word bomb since they didn't want to cause any panic but all the Japanese students calmly left the school. I have seen Japanese people react to earthquakes and I can say that they are pretty good at staying calm. In Japan there is no such thing as school buses so everyone had to take the bus to go to the station. The school was located in a pretty remote place so there was no way to walk to the station. Also, taxis are very expensive, so we all had to take the bus. That's when I realized that the bombing threat was not only sent to our school, but to several schools. The buses were crowded with students from other schools trying to go back home. It was kind of like a nightmare. The streets and the buses were crowded with high school students. Usually, I had to wait 15 minutes to take the bus, but that day, the buses were so crowded that I needed to wait more than an hour until I was able to get in. I sent a message to my family in Colombia telling them what happened. I was still very scared. They couldn't believe it. How is it possible? Even in Japan, those things happen? They asked me. I remember that what impacted me the most was the fact that there was no news about what happened in English that day. Considering that Saitama is a prefecture with 59 cities and towns, I couldn't believe that there was no news about the bombing threats. Although I couldn't find an article explaining what happened on January 24th of 2023, I found one published the previous day saying that on Monday, eight universities closed down because of the same reason, a bombing threat sent by fax. I posted what happened on Instagram and one Colombian friend who went to college in Tokyo replied in an annoying way saying that bombing threats happen at least once per year in Japan and that he hated them because his university was also a victim of those threats and he described them as pathetic jokes. As the bombing threats happened in January, the only relevant news I could remember was when North Korea 
fired a ballistic missile towards the Sea of Japan on the 1st of January. Also, on January 7th, a Japanese airline received a bombing threat and they were forced to make an emergency landing. Regarding the content of the facts, I am going to give details based on my memory and what the people at my school translated for me in English at that moment. In the first place, I want to clarify that Japanese people are very strict when it comes to keeping people's privacy, especially underage students. So the fact that the offenders had the emails of all of these principals is pretty scary. To explain better how Japan is pretty good at keeping privacy, for example, all the schools have paper strip quarters. So it doesn't matter what kind of information a paper has, you cannot throw it to the trash. You need to go straight to the paper strip cutter. Actually, during my training to work as an ALT, I even remember that the Japanese trainer warned us that it's a crime to take a student's information out of a school and lose it. For example, if a teacher forgets their portfolio at a cafeteria with the exams of its students, they need to report it immediately to the school. Since those exams contain very precious information, the students' full names. Privacy is so important in Japan that people try not to give their real names on social media. They have an internet nickname. Privacy is a big deal here, to the point that many famous YouTubers in Japan use voice distortion and characters to share their content since they don't want their real face to be seen and their real voice to be heard. My point in sharing this is that the person who sent the facts must be inside the academic Japanese system because the security of these institutions is pretty strict. Also, it seems like the bombing threat was signed by a famous Japanese lawyer. After he was contacted by the police, he said that his name was used without his consent. Also, it seems like the facts was asking for a sum of money before a specific time of the day, otherwise they will proceed with the bomb attack. One day later, after the incident, a respected newspaper in Japan in English reported what happened. Let's read what the Japan Times had to say about what happened at my school. Gigi wrote for the Japan Times. Threats have been sent by fax to about 300 senior high schools and universities across Japan. According to the Education Ministry and other sources, bomb threats were sent to 12 schools including universities in Niigata and Yamanashi prefectures on Monday, while the threats were sent to 138 schools including senior high schools in Saitama and Oita prefectures early on Tuesday. The threats to universities claim that over 330 bombs have been set up and demanded 300,000 yen be paid by 3 p.m. that day. Those to senior high schools demanded 3 million yen by 1.34 p.m. and threatened to kill students and teachers with modified guns and Molotov cocktails if the demand is rejected. Among the affected schools, Sanjo City University in Niigata called off classes on Monday. The Saitama Prefectural Board of Education closed 
136 schools on Tuesday. Also, on Tuesday, death threats were sent to over 160 senior high schools in Kanagawa Prefecture, according to the Prefecture's Education Board and other sources. Prefecture-run schools held classes as usual after confirming safety. All the faxed threats used the name of a certain lawyer written in a unique font, according to the Education Ministry and other sources. We'll be right back. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Portraits of Life in Japan. Thanks to you, my dear global citizen, this amazing project keeps growing. That's why I am very excited to announce that Portraits of Life in Japan exclusive membership is now available. I will give a shout out to everyone who supports me on Patreon plus other benefits. To get more details about this membership, please click the link on the description and join my global citizens community. Your support means everything to me. Now, let's get back to the episode. Just before commenting on the article, I would like to add that according to Britannica.com, a Molotov cocktail is a crude incendiary bomb, typically a bottle filled with a flammable liquid and a wick that is ignited before throwing. Regarding the article, it's very clear that the offender did these threats in a very realistic way, even describing the methods, such as the Molotov cocktail, to end with other people's lives. There is a question that remains after sharing my experience with you and reading the article. How common are bombing threats in schools and universities in Japan? Well, I found a study by Wataru Saitsu titled Bomb Threats and Offender Characteristics in Japan. And in the summary of the article, Wataru explains, the results showed that the most frequent offenders were middle-aged men motivated by desire for money, resentment or diversion. In the case of female offenders, most were connected with the targets. Wataru adds, instrumental offenders telephoned the target directly, for example a bank or a department store, demanding money by public phone. Expressive affective offenders motivated by resentment telephoned from their home and almost never had a criminal record. Finally, expressive cognitive offenders motivated by diversion, targeted railways and mostly telephoned emergency numbers. In conclusion, although bombing threats are pretty common in schools and universities in Japan, by the moment the threats have remained as just that, threats. Fortunately, the teachers, students and school staff are safe. The most recent bombing threat was made on August 23 of 2023 The Japan Times reported that two men were arrested for allegedly faxing a bomb threat to a Tokyo college. The pair are suspected of sending over 300,000 similar faxes to other schools, firms and local governments across Japan. Sho Okuma, 26, and Naosato, 22, were planted at the school and that they wouldn't be set off if $2,000 was not paid. One of them testified saying that I thought it would be fun if this became a big deal. It's clear that, as my Colombian friend pointed out, the majority of these threats 
just end up being pathetic jokes. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about what it's like working for a Japanese company as a foreigner. You'll be surprised to know about all the crazy rules that we need to follow, especially women. Thank you so much for listening to Portraits of Life in Japan. Subscribe to Portraits of Life in Japan to get noticed when I post a new episode. If you want to propose new topics, you can leave a review over on Podchaser. You can go to podchaser.com, search Portraits of Life in Japan and leave your review there. It helps the show to get discovered and it helps me to promote the podcast. Remember, being true to ourselves is our greatest strength. See you next time.